welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both floorboards in the Cullen residence, creaking in agony while eavesdropping on what the fuck is happening in Edward's bedroom. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Hey, Paige. How's it going? Oh, it's going. Um, I'm in the process of making a mouth for my reconstructive art project and it's going it's definitely not as easy as the nose I've been working on it for like two and a half hours and I feel like I've made no progress you're doing like modeling clay or something right yeah but like it's modeling clay but it has to be very precise measurements and everything I do I'm like okay great I have a good shape now let me measure it and then I measure it and I'm like "Ooh, this doesn't look right let me fix the length and then I do it and then it's not the right shape and I'm like oh let me fix the shape and then I do it and I'm like oh wait this isn't the right measurements and then it I've been doing that for two and a half hours yeah I asked because I'm like I don't think I could do anything with modeling clay (laughs) that sounds hard um but I did have a 60 percent in the class because I got a bad grade on my nose, which was a whole debacle. But I took an exam today and I got 100 on it. So now my grade is a 92. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Lord. That's so dumb that you got a 60. I'm still mad about that. The The thing is, is that the reason it's a 60 is it was because it was a five-point assignment and I got three out of five. It's like, is- yeah, no shit. I, like, if you're not going to give me enough points, it's it's going to be a 60. She shouldn't have made it a five-point assignment. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I got this sushi yesterday that was really fucking good. They were not messing around. They, like, put this, like, smoke thing. I think it was, like, a tablet. I don't really know. But when they brought it to our table, it was, like, fog was, like, going over the sushi. You know, like, almost like dry ice. But I know it wasn't dry ice because that's not safe. But it was cool. Did it affect the flavor at all or just for ambiance? It was for ambiance. And I tried sake for the first time and I liked it. What does it taste like? It's kind of it's kind of like wine. We got the warm sake, so it's like warm wine. Mm. It's almost like if wine had a baby with vodka. Hmm. I don't really like either that much, so I probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, Jacob hated it. <laughs> Also, I'm not a huge fan of, like, warm beverages. So, I don't know. Sad. (laughs) I mean, I like beverages that are supposed to be warm. You know, like hot chocolate. You know, that sounds good. But, like, would I have a Mountain Dew warm? I don't know. Speaking of, don't they talk about warm sodas in a bag in this chapter? They do. And I, I kind of enjoyed that imagery because it seemed right but like if I'm going for a drink that I'm trying to enjoy the the joy of it I'm preferably it would be cold yeah totally um before we get into that we had some fun messages this week Paige do you want to give a little shout out yeah shout out to Lithium Bailey thank you so much for messaging us um I love remembering all of my cartoon crushes and chatting about all of the 
horrible things that Edward is up to. And also thank you for loving our, my ramblings and our intros. It just, you know, we kind of make this shit up on the fly. So knowing that y'all like it really means a lot. Paige, you're going to tell them our secret that none of this is prepared in any way. We we were just chatting about this today, like right before we started. But every, you know, every week we come together and we're like, you got any ideas for the intros? And in the beginning, we were we had lots of ideas. We would have to pick between like two or three. And now we're like, I can't we can't be bugs again. What can we be? Which explains why we were floorboards this week. (laughs) We're doing our best. But as Paige said, Stephanie's not giving us much to work with. That's true. Step it up, Steph. Um, As usual, we got some great tweets from Friend of the Pod, Jam. They actually had some that related to what we're talking about today, so I'm going to come back to that. But thanks, as always, Jam. And yeah, I guess we'll hop in. We just read this very steamy chapter this week. Chapter 8, Temper. What did you think of it, Paige? Okay, so the first part with Jacob... Many parts of it had me feeling some kind of way, but not in a good way, in a bad way. I feel like every page was a new level of, oh, oh, no, oh, oh, no. Um, Again, with the imprinting thing, I got to say why. Even louder this time, though. Like, I was already why, but now I'm like, my God, why? You know, why? And then the fight was just really sad. You know, like, I, not that I can see where Jacob's coming from. I I understand why he feels the way that he does. But that really was devastating that Bella had to hear that from her best friend. Um, so that was a bummer. And then Stephanie hit me with the one-two punch. I actually was really vibing with Edward this week like he was I feel like he kind of like had some redemption in this chapter I feel like he was doing some of some right things here and then the sex of it all what was Stephanie going through when she wrote this chapter this was a new level of sexuality sexual tension hot and heaviness that we have yet to see very descriptive um, very skin-on-skin contact. Very Bella is down to clown. And then it ends. So I got to say that I, I felt it was a roller coaster of emotions this week reading. That's fair. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I just recently saw the video for Welcome to the Black Parade for the first time. What a ridiculous video. But my theory is that Stephanie had rewatched that while writing this chapter because she's super into Gerard Way and he's doing all kinds of stuff in that video. <laughs> is um is he breathing in someone's delicious breath or like licking someone's lips? I don't remember any licking, but for those of you listening who have seen it, tell me that's not the slowest parade ever. Like they couldn't have sped it up. It's like almost ruins the video. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Are you team Edward or are you team Jacob? What do you think? You heard it here, folks. 
I'm also, that was Tina. I'm also holding Malcolm, but he will never say anything on this podcast. He refuses. <laughs> He's just staring at the camera being quiet. Tina, you got anything else? What are you going to say? <laughs> She's mad. She's mad. <laughs> We've literally been, been on Skype for like an hour. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this chapter. Okay. So we left off in the last chapter with Jacob springing Bella from school and them riding away into the sunset, except they're not really in the sunset. Now they're on the beach and they just get to talking as they do. I feel like that's really what they like to do. <laughs> just talk to each other. It's kind of nice. Um, Bella jokingly says, what's the latest pack scandal? And Jacob makes like a weird face. And she's like, oh, that was a joke, but, like, what is it? And as Paige was alluding to, we find out about Claire. So Quill imprinted on a two-year-old named Claire, Emily's niece. Just a hard pass. Like, I just, I really don't know what to say about this other than, they try Jacob tries to justify it by being like, he's like a big brother to her and he he'll take care no, that's grooming. It's grooming and also it's it doesn't make it better because he's a big brother. This literally is a conversation that or a, a paragraph that he says. He starts as a big brother and then he's someone that she can confide in. And then when she's old enough, she's more than that. They don't need to be the same thing. They don't, like, if Quill knows what she's supposed to be, then, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a slippery slope, and it's it's gross and not necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, I literally don't understand the reason. Um, so this is where I wanted to read a couple of tweets from Jem, and I did get their permission to read these on the pod, so... I had them open and then I clicked out of them. Okay. Um, can we talk about the way Stephanie chose to depict every single native character? It's so gross. The scorned woman, the disfigured woman that was hurt by her husband, the violent husband, the cradle robber. It's all so negative and so stereotypical white defection. And they make a good point that like, these are literally just tropes that Stephanie, like, is there any more? Like, is there any more bad villains that you can make the the Quillu people characters into? Like, it's so ridiculous. It's it's upsetting, and like, there are so many opportunities to just make them just normal, regular people with just regular personality traits. But she's already started it with this fakeness about them. And she's created an identity for them. So why not take it a step farther? They're not real people to her. So why not give them as many negative traits as possible? Because she can. She has that ability to. since she's already created this falsehood about them to begin with. Yep. Absolutely. I really have nothing further to say about it. I mean, yeah, it's just a whole, the whole thing's a hard pass for me. So after they talk about Quill and Claire, Bella and Jacob sort of talk about like whether or not Jacob's going to 
have this happen to him. And he says that it never will. And Bella says, you think that if you haven't seen her yet, then she's not out there. Jacob, you, you haven't really seen much of the world, less than me even. And then this motherfucker has the audacity to say, no, I haven't, but I'll never see anyone else, Bella. I only see you, even when I close my eyes and try to see something else. At that point, you got to go home. Like, I know he's your friend, but you got to just, you got to do that thing of, of Thomas the Train where he's like, it was time for Thomas to go home. He had seen everything. <laughs> it's, you know, Bella in New Moon, I think it's when they're at the movie theater. She's like, that I can't, you know, I'm, I can't be that person for you. And Jacob's like, that's okay. You know, I'll, I'll just be here. You know, I'll be a friend. And then has never accepted that or followed through with that at any moment. Bella is literally in a relationship now. And he's like, but maybe, maybe there's still a chance. I thought you were going to say for a second that Bella's literally in a relationship with him. And I was like, true. They were holding hands. You always joke about her two boyfriends, but I'm like, she's really getting the best of both worlds here. Well, lucky for her, it's all going to come crashing down around her. (laughs) Yes, that's true. She says, maybe I better go home, and then they proceed to just not do that. So then they go ride their motorcycles around, and then... When they get back, they sit in the garage like they always used to do. And, you know, they're just kind of being nostalgic for the times before. Well, Jacob's being nostalgic for the times before he was a werewolf and before Edward was back. And then he apologizes for getting Bella grounded with the whole bike thing. That's long overdue. We're on page 180. <laughs> but okay. Um, and then... Jacob asks Bella, basically, like, were you serious about Edward biting you and turning you into a vampire? And Bella says yes. And so then they have this whole exchange about the treaty. And Jacob's like, well, that would be breaking the treaty, and that means that would be starting a war. And Bella says, we'll leave first. And he's like, it doesn't matter. We'll chase after you. Like, it doesn't have a geographic limit. And then Bella tries to say, like, well, didn't you break the treaty by telling me the colon secret about being vampires? And he says, yes, but it's not like an eye for an eye. And he's just being, like, very set in his ways. Um, Bella says, it doesn't have to be that way. And he says, it is that way. And then she says, will you never forgive me, Jacob? And he says, you won't be Bella anymore. My friend won't exist. There will be no one to forgive. So before we get into the apex of this conversation, do you have anything you want to throw in? Um, I just was kind of surprised. I don't know. I just, why, why is there not a geographical limit to this treaty? Like if they ran to like India, would they know? They wouldn't. Like he's, I, this is just very dramatic for Jacob like there is don't you're not gonna know if they go away you're you're not gonna unless you pull an Edward and follow them to the ends of the earth no matter where they go yeah that's a good point because also like 
he makes several statements saying like we exist to hunt vampires but it's not like they're actively going out and hunting them they just hunt the ones that happen across their paths which i'm not saying they should i'm just saying like are you gonna go like hunting it's weird i also in my mind the the werewolves sort of exist like they're their drive in life is to protect and destroy, not protect vampires, but protect their their family, their their people, and then also to kill vampires. Like, that's kind of like the whole point. And I thought that this treaty was, you know, as long as you're not, you know, killing people, you know, wreaking havoc, that's fine. We can coexist. But when you break that, then we're going to do what we're supposed to do. Bella is consenting to this. So, like, I, in my mind, I feel like that would override the treaty. You know, I know that they're sworn to kill vampires, but it's not like they're doing, they're doing that to Bella out of spite. Bella is begging for it. You know, she wants it. She's giving full consent. So, it also, in my mind, to me that wouldn't be breaking the treaty, but I have no stake in this argument. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It reminds me of, like, the Constitution and, like, just everything that people in the 1700s could never have predicted, like, things that are happening now that we're trying to, like, apply this document to. Like, I agree. It To me, it's, like, a whole different thing outside of the treaty because back then when they made it, they wouldn't have predicted this happening. Right, right. Anyways, then Jacob's like, well, at least we have a few more years to be friends. And Bella's like, mm, hate to break it to you, but I uh, I have the date set and it's in a couple weeks. And Jacob loses his shit. Um, he gets really, really mad. And Bella says, you know, like, why would I? She pulls her stupid age argument that none of us agree with, but she's like, Edward is 17. I'm going to be 19. I am not going to keep on waiting, blah, 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 whatever. So she says, he's all I want. What else can I do? And Jacob says, anything, anything else. You'd be better off dead. I'd rather you were. And Bella takes it as her final cue to leave, which I don't blame her. That's a a mean thing to say. I also kind of get why he says it. I don't agree. Yeah, what a what a terrible thing to hear from your best friend. Like at this point, really in her life, she has Angela, she has all of the Cullens, and she has Jacob. And you know, Angela is definitely fulfilling a good role in her life, but Jacob ultimately is someone I think would be her best friend in a way, like her confidant, someone that she can, you know, rely on and get warmth from. And to have that, this seems like a very serious breach of friendship, in my opinion. I I, I could see it. I don't know. For me, it would be hard to go back to a friendship after someone said that to me. I don't know about Bella. She seems very forgiving about things, so we'll see. But I, to me, this seems like a, a pivotal point. Like, this is going to change things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just got through saying, like, I get why Jacob said that. But at the same time, the whole thing where he says, like, 
you won't, my friend will be gone. You won't exist anymore. I don't really get that. Like, does he think there's like a huge personality change? You know, like, I don't, that part I don't really understand. I, I guess it's just the, the hatred of vampires in the whole sense of the word overrides any personality that might be inside the body. Yeah. I mean, that makes logical sense, but I, at the same time, I'm like, what? She would still be her, you know, like. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I'm on your side, but I guess, you know, I guess the Quileutes and those in the Quileute population who have the werewolf gene or whatever it is, they would have a reason to feel strongly against or feel strongly towards the vampires. So I guess I can kind kind of see where this anger is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Me too. So Bella takes off on her motorcycle and when she gets to the Collins house, Alice is waiting for her in the garage. She's sad because she thinks Edward is going to take away her Porsche. But I do got to say, I feel like Alice is being a good friend here because like she's made it no secret that she doesn't like the werewolves and she doesn't approve of Bella hanging out with them. But she does ask Bella if she like wants to talk about it or if she wants to go out. Like she tries to make it better in her Alice way. Yeah. She kind of gives Bella the option of doing what she needs to, to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a dramatic shift in tone (laughs) because literally the next thing that happens is Bella wakes up in the bed that Edward bought in Edward's room with Edward. And they're supposed to be mad at each other, but like just the whole thing where it's like, a clear night untouched by even the dream of a storm. I mean, it was so gag worthy. I'm sorry. It was cringe. It was, it, it was a, a beacon shining telling me there's going to be no Bella saying, Hey, why did you have your family kidnap me? That was extremely inappropriate. Or there was, there was not going to be any of that. It was going to be all romance. Yeah. No accountability at all. No urgency. At all. Well, there is some urgency, but not in the direction that we would like it to be. True. Um, Because we're us, I do have to point out on page 185, she once again talks about the perfume of his breath. It will never end. (laughs) There is perfume and there is breath. They're not the same thing. There's only one way out through the perfume department. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that one in forever. We were just talking about the Flying Dutchman. Shanghai, baby. (laughs) And what friendships in your life can you say? We were just talking about the Flying Dutchman. (laughs) Very few. (laughs) Okay. So, Belle and Edward basically start hooking up. And very uncharacteristically, Edward is, like, kind of egging it on. You know, 
they call this the leg hitch scene in the fandom because that's the word that Stephanie uses. He hitches her leg up around his hip. Um, Paige, you look like you have thoughts about that. I had to reread the mechanics of this twice to like fully visualize it in my head. It's much more straightforward than the car scene. I did, I was able to fully visualize it. But Stephanie, she really like went all out making sure we understood exactly where every body part was placed, exactly the mechanics, the physics of it all, the motions of it. It's almost as if she's been thinking about this quite a lot and knows the exact words to use to describe it. True. I mean, listen, I'm not shaming people who want to write smut. That's that's good. You know, it's fine. I'm not we're not dragging Stephanie. We're just calling it what it is. It's good smut. I like if I was 17 or if I was a middle schooler or a high schooler reading this. My crush, man, my my the, the dreams like, you know, what you the things that you think about before you fall asleep. Yep. Those would have been on a new fucking level. They were, I can confirm, for me. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, so Edward, amidst the hookup, asks Bella what she, what's wrong with the bed, like why she wasn't sleeping in it when he got there. And she says, it's unnecessary. And then he says, this would be difficult on a couch. Such a porn line. Like, that sounds right out of a porn. Um, and they start making out again. And then... It all grinds to a halt, sadly. Bella says, did you change your mind? Meaning, like, are we going to have sex? Edward says, don't be ridiculous, Bella. I was just trying to illustrate the benefits of the bed you don't seem to like. Don't get carried away. It's so, he just, like, sometimes he talks to her like a child. Don't be ridiculous. I'm like, damn, that was mean. Also, I feel like regardless of how horny this, all this was, this seemed very calculated for me. I feel like Edward wasn't just letting himself go. I feel like he knew exactly what he was doing. Meaning, like, he wanted to do that so she wouldn't be mad at him? I, like, I feel like he knows that his physicalness can sway Bella in one direction. And, like, I could totally see all of this being about the fucking bed that he bought. Like, she refused to sleep in the bed and he got there and was like, she's not sleeping in the bed. I know what to do. I know what will make her want to be in this bed. And then did all of this just to make a point. Yeah, totally. He's totally petty enough for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so they kind of have this push and pull throughout the rest of the chapter with Bella kind of being like, let me be in charge. Let me let me do what I want to do. Blah, blah, blah. And Edward just always like deflecting. Um, and I did think this line was funny. <laughs> Edward says, you know, hooking up again, that's probably a bad idea. You're not the only one who gets carried away. And Bella says, yes, I am. <laughs> me. She's so me. <laughs> I can feel that your ice cold pee pee is not responding to my efforts. So I am the one who gets the most carried away. <laughs> Sad. Also, I, for this page, page 188, I wrote, all I wrote was monster fucker extraordinaire because she's so about it. And I love that for her. 
But that's none of my business. None of mine either. Okay, so then they talk about why um, they should be mad at each other. And Paige is right. Edward is, like, weirdly mature. So much so that it seems out of character a little bit, in my opinion. I, in my mind, I know that it it would be impossible for him to know what was going on because Alice, you know, she can't see what, what's happening with the werewolves. Therefore, she can't see Bella. I Edward can't read her mind. I highly doubt that he was close enough to read Jacob's mind. So I feel like all of them are kind of in the dark as to what just happened with Bella and Jacob. So in my mind, all of this, to me, seemed like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe Edward is trying to be nice about it all to get the upper hand. But then also I'm like, how would he know, though? How would he know that any of this happened? Like, I could, I would totally see Edward being like, I know that they just got into a fight. I know that Jacob said some really hurtful things to her. So if I am, like, kind and there for her and not pushing or anything, it will pull her to me. But again, how would he know? He wouldn't know. Like, I feel like, in a way, this is actually genuine. I feel like it's half and half because he does know that Bella showed up pissed off drove herself home in the rain, which is not very in character for her, and, like, didn't want to talk to anyone and went to bed. You know, like, there is that. That's true. That is true. And, I mean, we see a little later on when she tells him what happened. He is very upset. He doesn't know that it was to that extent, you know? Right, right. But anyways, yeah, what I was saying before is he's, he's just being very mature. He apologizes for having Alice kidnap Bella, and he says, like, you can hang out with Jacob, like, I'm not gonna let it come between us, like, it's up to you, and I'm not gonna take Alice's Porsche away, like, he's just being mature about it, which I I hope to God not, that would be rude as fuck if he took that away. Anyways, after he says all that, he says, like, did you make plans to go back again soon? That felt a little deliberate to me that he was asking that because she says he says it in a casual tone but I'm like no he wants to know the tea which is understandable nothing is casual about Edward fucking Cullen never has been never will be Mm-mm, he got eternity baby <laughs> so Bella tells him what happened and as Paige said he's actually really upset he's like I could kill him for saying that um and they just kind of like, Bella changes the subject because that that statement makes her uncomfortable. So they go back to talking about sex. <laughs> and then um, Bella brings up Rosalie, but, and Edward thinks she's going to like ask her, Edward thinks she's, Bella is going to ask about like things in Rosalie's story, but really she just wants to know about Edward's time in Denali and Paige is making a face of pain. What's going on? I'm just like, that story that Rosalie told clearly it took a lot for her to open up to you and tell that story. It's an emotionally charged story. There's a lot going on and that's what you got out of it. That's what you want to talk about. Like that's what you're thinking about through all that. Really? Let's get our priorities in order. Yep. I 100% agree. It's fucked up. For some reason, Edward is really evasive about, like, Tanya being into him, which 
If it was never returned, then why are you being weird? Yeah, I feel I feel sus about it. Even even if it's true, even if that is the truth, I would not feel like you were telling the truth. I would feel uncomfortable and suspicious still. Yeah, Bella's like weirdly okay with what he says, but I I'm built different. <laughs> also, she makes this like weird comment. Um let me find the actual like sentences of it all. Okay. So he's describing her. Um what she looks like, just like the rest of us, white skin, gold eyes, he answered too quickly. And of course, extraordinarily beautiful. I felt him shrug. I suppose to humanize, he said, indifferent. You know, you know what though? What? My voice was petulant. His lips he put his lips right to my ear, his cold breath tickled. I prefer brunettes. She's a blonde, that figures. Why are we hating on blondes? I what's with literally Edward's giving you a compliment and you're using you're using it to put down other women. Come on. I don't know. I feel like Bella thinks that blonde is the epitome of hot because she talks about Rosalie's long, blonde, beautiful hair. I don't know. I feel like Bella's into blondes and doesn't want to admit it. It seemed like an attack to me. I could see it being like, oh, yeah, she was beautiful. Of course, she's blonde. But to me, it felt a little like scathing. Like, oh, yeah, of course, she's blonde. I mean, I don't know. It could have just different tones, I guess. Yeah, I could see it going either way. So definitely not sold on my my theory. I never really know what strawberry blonde means anyways. Like, isn't it just red? No, but it's strawberry blonde. I don't know. I don't really get it. The like most famous strawberry blonde I know is Lydia from Teen Wolf, and she literally just has red hair. That's strawberry blonde? That's what Styles always calls it. He like loves to call it her strawberry blonde hair. It's it's red hair. I know. <laughs> Anyways, that's pretty much it. Um, Edward says that Bella's um, attractive when she's jealous, which we already knew about that, Edward. But. We, you know, like there is nothing healthy about this relationship. About Bella in the last book was craving his anger and him yelling at her to stop doing things. Edward loves the the way that she's jealous. I, what is up with this couple? They're teenagers. They're emo teenagers. That's what's up. I guess I'll never be okay with it. That's fine. I don't want you to be. <laughs> um, yeah. Then Bella or then Edward hums Bella to sleep. How romantic. I just cannot, whenever I think of humming, I'm like, <laughs> like that's what I picture. I I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> it's not good. It has the same energy as remember when you would learn the recorder in elementary school and you would play it with your nose instead of your mouth. Yes, I do. Classic. The height of comedy. <laughs> so the the two chapters that we're reading for next week have interesting names. Chapters 9 and 10. Target and Scent. Paige just like buried her face in her hands. I guess Target could tie back 
to Victoria, you know, maybe something is going to happen and they're going to be like, who is the target? Why? What's going on? What's, what are the mo- the motives? What's going on? I don't know. That literally it could be anything. And when I say that, now we're going into scent. Is it, what? wait, wait, S-E-N-T or S-C-E-N-T? That one. Oh, okay, never mind. I was thinking S-E-N-T, and I was like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> okay, scent? Mm. Maybe, okay, again, maybe it'll tie back to Victoria. Maybe they're going to catch wind of something, like following a scent trail, like trying to to figure out where she's going. Maybe they're going to smell something crazy, trying to figure out what it is. I mean, if there's a new vampire in um, Seattle, I mean, maybe they, maybe they catch wind of something different going on in Forks. And that could also tie back into the werewolves. Like, Hey, we caught scent of something going on. Like we got to figure out what's going on. So I think it's going to be more um, villain centered more antagonist centered that makes sense we haven't like talked about that whole situation in a few chapters so yeah and like they brought it up a few times so i feel like it's gonna tie back at some point so you don't think they're going on a target shopping spree no i I, forks doesn't seem like a target hub if this was Teen Wolf, they totally would, because remember, like, their awful product placement, how they would be, like, put lines in the script about Reese's Cups or whatever. Every time Styles drives, the car parks with the logo, like, front and center. So funny. Anyways, um, Stephanie was not sponsored by Target. Yet. She might be now. I, I really don't know. Well... Um, we've been loving all the, the communication we've been having with the fans. So let's freaking keep it up. Let's keep the, let's keep these convos going. Um, you can message us on Instagram and on Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. On Twitter, you can see all of Jem's amazing tweets and also just fun content at, you can follow us there at Taft Pod. Um, send us an email if you want to chat longer prose at Tuesdays are for twilight at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to donate to our Patreon, you can find all of that information at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for twilight. And as always, please look into the Quilute's efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. Um, you can find that at www.mthg.org. And then there you can also find links to donate to their cause as well. All right. With Malcolm the Overlord, he's like sitting above me watching us right now. What do you want to say? Let your heart soar as high as it can. Even if it goes into space, there's no oxygen. But you don't need to breathe to love. <laughs> you just need to, you just need to be there. You need to be present. You need to be alive. Let your heart soar. Happy Valentine's Day. See y'all next week. Bye. (laughs) Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. (laughs) 